I'm Linda Van Falkenberg. And I'm Ron Gore. And, and you're listening, listening to, to the, the Co Parent Academy, Academy Podcast. Podcast. everybody welcome we have today a reddit post where i'm i'm a little fired up linda and i don't know why but i'm i didn't realize that either when i picked it i know i'm just reacting to this in a way that is making me frustrated so i need you to set me straight or to tell me that i'm amazing and perfect i mean it's one or the other i'm not sure we can just start alternative let's just start with that i'm perfect and amazing yes Uh (laughs) uh-huh Well, the title of this is Extreme Dad Guilt. Uh, the dad says, well, first off, let me just lay, lay the background. They've got 50-50 custody of an eight-year-old daughter on a two-two-three schedule. They've been broken up since 2020, and they have two very different households. Apparently, mom's household is strict, and his perception is that the daughter gets shamed for normal kid stuff at mom's house, and they're over there, they're trying to make her grow up too fast. He's seeing behavior changes and she's starting to act out a little bit. And here's where we get into my frustration with this poster. It says, I just wasn't handling it well there for a minute. It says, that being said, things aren't perfect at my place either. There's stress and relationship problems on my end that cause for inconsistent styles of parenting as well. And it's great that he's open about that he's part of the problem. That's wonderful. Right. Says, how can I be what she needs? Can she still grow up and be mentally healthy despite this, the split family situation? Yes, she can. Short answer to that one. I just yes. don't know how to move forward. And as she's getting older and less, quote, innocent, it's taking a severe toll on me. I'm sure we've all felt this way, but man, I feel like a complete failure lately. So here's my frustration. As we go through the comments... We also see that he has a significant other who's a stay-at-home parent, or at least is in that role. We're not told if there are any other children in the household. But dad says that he does the morning routine and the night routine, and that during the school year, his significant other is taking on you know, a couple hours of after-school care. But in the summer, it's more. And what's coming like through it, right, like all day. Uh, and that's what's allowing him to do 50-50 with his work schedule. So great that he's got a partner, but he's trapped himself into a parenting schedule where he's dependent upon a person who has no biological relationship to the child. Apparently, they're not married because he's not saying spouse, a significant other. And that's not a great position to be in. And then I also, and I'm going to finish ranting and then I'll give it over to you, Linda. (laughs) So I can rant. Yeah, so you can rant. I also feel like um, what I'm hearing is dad, in my term, being performative, which is something that always frustrates me. He seems to me to be doing a woe was me, but at the same time, it's like looking for a compliment. Oh, woe is me. I'm not doing great, but I'm kind of great. Aren't I great? But woe is me. And then another thing that he said in the comments was that he knows his daughter 
responds better when he's calm and when he's uh, keeping his temper. But he says that recently he's been more stern. I'm reading between the lines that he's raised his voice or had a mean expression on his face or his body language was demonstrating to the child that he was very angry with her. And then he says he explains to her, right, short-tempered. And then he explains to her when, when that happens that he shouldn't have done it and why he did it, and then she's better every time. So this is happening multiple times, and he's explaining, he's rationalizing to his eight-year-old daughter why he lost his temper. And if he's having these relationship problems with his significant other daycare provider slash step-parent, who he's not really putting in the position of being a step-parent because we're not married, then what else is the child saying? And how is the relationship stress in his household causing inconsistent parenting as well? Right. There's just so much wrapped up in there that I feel like, I guess this is what, this is part of what's frustrating me. I feel like it's performative because he's, he's saying that my parenting isn't great and I've got to work on this too. But I think the subtext, I think we're seeing the tip of the iceberg on how yeah. it's happening in his house and the conflict that this child is experiencing in his house, but he's casting it as extreme dad guilt and I'm done. Sorry about that. <laughs> I was just, this got me riled up when I was reading it and I don't know why. Yeah. Something to explore. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was feeling for the child. Are, are we surprised there? That's nope. usually where I go first. And he said, you should see my notes here. I've got certain things circled and they, they could be like a dot to dot because he mentioned he's been so stressed that he's not as playful as he used to be. Mm. And he implied that he used to be the fun side compared to mom's strict side. So now all the kid gets anywhere. And we're talking about a second or third grader. We're talking about a little kid. All she gets anywhere is strict and stern, evidently, if he's correct about mom's side. Right. So she's getting shamed. He says at mom's, he's stern surprising or surprising the child with, you know, this short temper that comes out of nowhere. That's very odd for him. She's not used to that. Children, especially, you know, elementary age children need consistency of mood and response. They will start being the caretaker codependent types that are walking on eggshells if you're playful one minute and blow it up at them the next. And then the next thing I was wondering is what is happening when he's not there, even if it's the two hours after school between when the child gets home and he arrives, which could be shortening that 
period of time too. But even if it is, is the significant other in charge of snacks and getting your homework done and you got to read to me and all those things that happen in second and third grade. So she has all the duty piece of parenting, it sounds like. And then, as you've heard me say before, step parenting is a thankless job. But if you're a significant other, you don't even have the status as step parent. And you really don't have the respect and trust of the child that you even hope to garner as a step parent. Right. Especially if the child is seeing conflict between them. Especially. And children are quick to assign that new person is the cause of dad's new behavior that I've never seen before. Right. And it could be, it could be that this lady's mother, Teresa, I mean, yes, because she could be doing absolutely everything right. But what happens and, you know, people do this for different reasons. And I I don't want to get into the gendered rules on this, right? but you have some parents who will shackle themselves to an unhelpful person who can provide financially for them. Some parents shackle themselves to someone who can provide assistance with the children and they wind up getting themselves into positions from which they can't easily extricate themselves because their whole lifestyle has become dependent upon this person who then realizes the power that they have in the relationship. And if things start going poorly, can take advantage of it. It takes longer to get the child out of a conflictual home environment because you're dependent upon that person for the logistical needs of your life. And that's why, I mean, in this post, he says the, the reason that he can have the 50-50 is because he has this significant other. Maybe he needs to not have the 50-50 and the significant other and maybe allow his daughter to enjoy him without the stress. And we don't know if she's the first significant other post-divorce or separation. 100%. right. Which would change the child's ability to trust her even further if she wasn't. Right. Exactly. I don't know. I think what's so frustrating about this is I, I don't like it. I don't like it in myself and I don't like seeing it in others when they say, Oh, woe is me. Here's here are problems a through E And I want a pat on the back and reassurance about it, but I'm not actually fixing any of it, which is kind of what I'm getting the sense. I think that's what's frustrating me here. And really what that means to me is he knows that his behaviors and his circumstances are being harmful to his child. And he's saying, I feel guilty about it, 
but not guilty enough to fix it or to you know do whatever it is that he needs to do to take care of the situation. So I think that's what's frustrating. And that's why I feel like it's performative. And of course, if I were to work with him individually, I would be asking him what those stresses are. You know, at the end of the day, since significant other has spent more time with the child than he has, especially in the summer, what is that relationship like? Has the child complained to dad about her? Has she complained to dad about the child when he says she's starting to act out a bit? You know, what I'm about to say there, any misbehavior is a sign of an unmet need. So this child, like every other kid, wants dad's attention, not a significant other's. Right. And every time this child is, quote, acting out and dad is responding with an atypical or at least unaccustomed sternness or I'm going to go hostility. She's not getting a positive reaction. And she's, quote, acting out because she lacks the emotional, intellectual communication skills to be able to actually have a conversation with her dad about what she needs. Sure. And so she's acting out. And when she's essentially reaching out for help, because that's what her acting out is, he's slapping her hand in some way. I can (sighs) imagine when he gets home from work, he's met by both of them wanting his attention. Right. Sure. The significant other, if I were her, would be wanting some affection and validation that I've done a good job filling in for both parents and getting homework done and feeding the child a snack, et cetera. But the child, meanwhile, is climbing his leg, you know? Yeah. And I imagine if dad is being short with his daughter, who I'm going to presume, I mean, he's known her longer and it's his biological relation. I'm assuming he's going to be, have a softer spot in his heart for his daughter than he is for a significant other. So I imagine if he's treating his little innocent daughter this way, I wonder how he's treating a significant another and with, if he's being short and angry with her as well, I would imagine. And there are ways to give them both what they need, but he's got to feel stressed as his word was, because he's not real sure how to handle both at once. So what would you tell this guy? Let's, let's go back into Linda mode instead of Ron mode being frustrated. Let's go into Linda helpful mode. What do we tell this guy? What would you tell this guy? Well, I would talk with him and his significant other so I could get both sides of their story. Then of course I'd want to talk to the child too, to find out, where she's coming from and not just assume that based on thousands of other kids I've listened to and then get the significant others best case scenario. If the child is indeed really wanting dad's attention and since she's eight and not 28 or 38 or whatever the significant other is, she needs to have that met first 
Right. It's a significant other needs to be mature enough to take a little back seat. You know, dad could come in, give her a kiss, grab up the daughter for a big old hug and say, let's go take a walk together because right. he probably needs some exercise to blow off some stress anyway. If he's carrying home stress from work, we don't know what he does for a living. And while they're out walking, he can talk to her about how her day was and anything that was not good for her. And meanwhile, she is getting his full attention and it's good for both of them what they're doing. Right. That have to last forever. Could be 15 right. minutes. Right. But she got her needs met first. Right. And meanwhile, significant other gets a little bit of a break. Maybe she can go take a shower or something that she needed to do. Right. Right. And that can become an amazing ritual for or tradition yes. for the dad and the daughter to yes. have. Yes. And then, you know, like any parent who has young kids, when they go to bed, it's like, oh, this is my second evening. Like I had my first evening with my kids and then they go to bed and then I have my second one where I can do what I want, or if I'm married, we can have some cuddle time on the couch or, you know, whatever it is. Right. And just segment that out. But you have to be aware of the child's needs as a couple. So you don't constantly feel like you're not getting your needs met either as a significant other. You know, that's not, that's not going to work if you don't plan it up front and if she's not a part of the plan. All right. So establish a new ritual or tradition that puts the child first and meets her needs first. Having good conversations with your significant other about what the stressor is there and how you can help. And it's just, you know, if you're going to be, he's the anchor of this family. It's his daughter. He's the one who's providing the financial resources. He's dependent upon his significant other to provide help with his daughter. He needs to be the glue that holds everything together. And right now, it feels as if the glue just doesn't have much stick to it. Definitely. And that is why many times one of the biological parents, not just always a dad, but that person may feel like the buffer between their children and their significant other or step-parent. Well, it sounds like the appropriate time to let everyone know that if you're having issues like that, trying to put together a step-family or step-family-like situation, we have an in-depth, wonderful course at Co-Parent Academy. Boy, is it in depth. So in depth. So many, so much time went into that course uh, that can help you understand how to have a successful step family. And that's really, really important. People underestimate how difficult it is to do it well, but how much better your experience can be when you do. So it's one of those investments that really pays dividends for everybody. We really think 
love will keep us together. But the statistics show it doesn't. And so it's best if you know how to identify the risk and mitigate them with some really good training. Right. Exactly. And in the meantime, and it'll get, I, it'll get, it'll get you to talk about the stuff right. that you're not going to talk about otherwise either. Exactly. And in the meantime, I, uh, I need to go back and reflect on why this post made me so frustrated. There's something there. <laughs> I can't put my finger on it, but my apologies to this guy. If I was a little harsh <laughs> <laughs> as if he cares. <laughs> right. All right. Well, everyone, I hope you have a fantastic week. Uh, visit coparentacademy.com to check out the courses we have there, including the Successful Set Families course. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to leave questions, comments, or concerns, please email podcast at coparentacademy.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen.